0: Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. Today, we're going to be talking with Robert Stacey, Managing Director of Row Farming here in Cornwall, and Mike Dre, Agri Agronomist. Today, we're going to be exploring the crop of daffodils, growing both for the cut market and also the bulb market. Understanding what it takes to get that produce to market, the intricacies, the complexities, and the challenges. So good morning to you Rob and uh, it's fantastic to be down here in, in Cornwall on this uh, quite windy day so tell me a bit about your farm operation down here.
1: So Roe Farming is a large-scale producer of daffodils as a cut flower uh, and subsequently dry bulbs. Uh, we operate over approximately a 50 mile radius uh, inside west and mid Cornwall uh, as far north as nearly Bude, which is virtually on the border um, but we operate over uh, 2,500 acres, of which any one time 2,000 acres is in the primary daffodil bulb crop.
0: Uh, and uh, well, well, we can see the pickers very, very busy uh, picking the, uh, the the flowers here today. Um, so let, let's walk down here a little bit and just tell me a bit about well, what's the operation today?
1: So we're right at the peak of our daffodil cut flower harvest. Uh, we've got... Um, just over 450 people actively harvesting flowers today of a seasonal workforce which is in excess of 600. Um, They are spread across that that wide area in in groups of between 60 and 70 um, and harvesting for a a cut flower market which spreads across UK retail um, and export into Europe, United States, Scandinavia and beyond.
0: So you've been a daffodil grower for a long time Tell me a bit about your journey with this crop.
1: Uh, so I started um, working for a, a daffodil business over 30 years ago uh, and with one year sabbatical, I've been doing it ever since um, via a number of different uh, business vehicles. Um, we've developed the business to where it is and we've collected uh, people, methodology and expertise along the way um, which has allowed us to uh, deliver the, the customer Uh, requirements that we make promises to uh, annually. Um, We're in a constant state of change but because of the long-term nature of the daffodil crop we have to be um, minded that all the changes and decisions we make have long-term implications and uh, it's a a long-term decision-making process with a layer of um, reactiveness during the course of a flower harvest.
0: Right. Uh, and, Mike, let's bring you in here. You're the, uh, the agronomist here on this farm.
2: So what's the window uh, for cutting these flowers here? Well, quite a small window with the mild mild weather that we've got at the moment. You know, these crops are, are growing uh, uh, an inch a day or, um, you know, at a rapid rate. So, uh, um, you know, managing uh, for Rob and the team to manage the logistics of staff and numbers of staff, in fields is is quite a challenge, and um, yeah, the, it's a military operation to see these guys in action to to, to manage to get these people in the right place and uh, and crop harvested. So, for how long would this picking season go on for? So, I mean, we we picking uh, daffodils from Christmas really, um, you quite often a few few at Christmas time. So, from from the start of January through until what April. Um, you know it's it's flat out so yeah
0: and something i've been fascinated by i mean we're in a field here with i think if i've got this right just over 60 uh pickers here but you've got how many teams out picking today
1: 12 in total spread across that area all uh detailed and designed to be matched to the amount of crop in a given location for a given specification Uh, One team of 106, I think, today, and there's a couple of teams at 20 which will be doing a more specialist job, um, tailored to suit what we expect of them. And obviously, hopefully, deal with the weather
0: implication. Yeah, I think it's getting windier by the minute. Um, But uh, let's just walk on a little bit more, because um, that's that's the cut flower, Mark. What was that... uh, this is a nice day for Cornwall. <laughs> this is a nice day for Cornwall. I've got I've got full mountain gear on here today. There's no um,
1: liquid sunshine today though, Tony. It's nice and dry overhead currently.
0: <laughs> it <laughs> is. You're absolutely right. So this is the cut flower. Tell us then a bit about the bulb market.
1: So the we're primarily a cut flower producer. That's the sole focus. I, I, I've never considered that it's possible to be um, uh, a cut flower producer and a champion dry bulb producer. The two crops are intrinsically linked, and your business model has to take that into account. Effectively, from our perspective, uh, the dry bulbs are a byproduct of the necessary regeneration of the flower crop, but our main focus is on being a primary cut flower producer, and that results in between 1,000 and 2,000 tonnes of surplus dry bulbs each year that we then have to market, Uh, and those are marketed uh, both internally in the UK and as an export crop, in exactly the same way as our as our flower crop is, is, is marketed.
0: And from your point of view and an agronomy point of view, what what's the difference in terms of challenges for growing for those two uh, final markets, that the cut flower and the bulbs?
2: I don't think there is a difference really. I mean, we what we see is that the health of the crop that we the healthier we keep the crop this year. The better off we are in terms of flower yields the following year, and ultimately bulb yields, in in whatever year, you know its final year, fourth year, whatever. So it's it's a challenge of just, and and with varieties there, you know varieties have different disease susceptibilities. You know we see it; some varieties are cleaner than others. So the challenge really is because of the logistics of 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 managing the crop in this. 40 mile radius um, that's the challenge is, is getting getting fungicide on at the right time in, in this kind of winter period really
0: Rob what's your focus in terms of what you're looking for from this crop in terms of you know moving from this year to the next two or three years
1: so it's about us making um, a combined approach to the marketing of the product which is the flowers. Versus your capacity to deliver that product over a approximately 120-day sailing season. So what we're looking to do is try and maintain the flower harvest profile. Uh, varieties flower at different times um, and are more or less susceptible to weather conditions. And uh, we need to maintain that diversity of flower harvest profile so that once we uh, engage the staff, once we engage the customer base, we've got as much continuity as possible inside and around the um, vagaries of the British weather you know our customers can't put a product on the shelf on day one and then us phone up two days later and say it's not here so we have to deal with all of those challenges and deliver consistency and continuity so that we can retain the customer base that will allow us to retain the revenues that will allow us to pay the bills and the whole thing's one big circle.
0: Yeah, we're walking amongst uh, all the pickers here, uh, working so busily, they really are. I'm not sure that I could do that for a day. So let's ask you about um, the focus of looking at the crop and how to improve quality and what you're looking at. I understand that you've got some, uh, some trials in the ground, uh, Mike.
2: Yeah, we, um, we're doing fungicide trials this year again with Rob, um, this second year. Uh, alongside the fungicide trials, actually 19, 19 treatments, three reps, and then we've also got a biostimulant trial going on this year as well to to see what um, if there's anything interesting to come out of that. So um, yeah, it's, uh, you know the the armory is quite limited in daffodils as you can imagine. So um, it's it's good to just understand that the chemistry we're using is still working and and see if there's anything coming forward we could we could use.
0: What would be on your wish list of what you could improve uh, on in terms of what you can do to protect these crops?
1: So I think it's all about being uh, ahead of the game with the development of uh, the fungicide availability and how you can integrate that into delivering it in a very volatile uh, operational environment, Christmas till um, Easter really. Um, It's about, like many other things in the business, we have to have a diverse approach, lots of strings to the bow uh, in order to um, protect the crop in the best way possible over the short medium and long term um and it's it's about making sure we keep as many options open as possible going forward
2: yeah well we really know how good a job we've done this year next year in terms of flower counts. that's really the key driver in terms of knowing how good this this yield you know flower yields are we quite often talk about flower yields being up or down and 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 quite often not not diseased necessarily but you know, drought or stress or whatever may be influencing those flower yields.
1: But it's an example of the long term nature and thought process you have to have with daffodils because the measure of how we've done for the last year, last two years, last three years and a measure of how robust our strategic thinking was with uh, planting and stock management is all becoming apparent during this flower harvest and the same with the agronomy so as with a, another kind of crop, uh, live and die by the benefits of what you've done in the same three or four-month period. Yeah. Nafidils, it it's a much longer time frame than that, both with the historic impact and your looking forward approach.
0: View a range of handouts and videos looking at the vast range of biodiversity and natural resources on farm, and simple, practical measures that you can take to improve habitats and ecosystems. Link in bio. And so you've talked a lot about understanding what's happened in the previous crop. Is is understanding the crop in terms of measuring yield and number of cut flowers, all of that data, is that data really important to helping you make good decisions?
1: Very much so. It's important about budgets. It's important about customer promises. It's important with regard to um, uh, analysis of what inputs you might need, staff, scalability, cash flows uh there you have to understand that so that you can make adequate forward-looking predictions
0: yeah so so let's move on and think a little bit about that the you know the challenges for the farm Uh, farming right now uh is under that spotlight from an environmental perspective how is that landing for you
2: yeah so i think um what you would have found down here over a number of years is they've been um, there's been a a policy of broadcasting barley crops over over ridges freshly planted ridges to try and hold soil and we're with rob we're we're taking that forward quite a step really at row farming with um actually sowing grass in between rows to uh, once brass weeds and also to hold on to soil and stop erosion and and that that's an ongoing sort of, it's a bit more than a trial now. Actually, it's quite quite a scale going on. So um, you know, they, that's quite interesting. And the, and the Environment Agency, I'm very much on board with with that sort of uh, that sort of approach. Really.
0: And what is the problem that you're trying to solve? What are you trying to improve by sowing that grass? Uh, what, what what are your thoughts, Rob?
2: So
1: it's got um, multiple perceived multiple benefits. We're not hundred percent sure of any negative impact yet because it will take some time for that to evolve but um, it's about maintaining soil structure it's about weed suppression it's about uh, retention of um, water at given times of the year we have to be careful that it doesn't take up too much water at other times of the year and it's also about um, giving ourselves further options um, as we go forward with regard to herbicide and weed control.
0: So how important is soil health when it comes to this specific crop?
1: Uh, we well, have to remember that the crop is in the land for four years, sometimes five, occasionally three, but ballpark four, uh, and maintaining the crop's uh, access to nutrient. You only get one opportunity to put um, nutrient in the uh, seed bed, uh, and it has to survive over a number of years on its own steam but also taking into account the previous cropping and as uh, Mike's alluded to the aspiration of the landlord with the subsequent cropping um, but you only get one chance of crop establishment and you then have to deliver three or four flower harvests from that so making sure that you are starting in the right place with the right soil structure uh, and the right approach to um, base nutrient establishment and the quality of how you establish it is key.
0: So we, we've talked quite a lot about the crop and uh, harvesting that crop, the markets that you're growing for. What are the key challenges for your farm business going forwards?
1: Um, Ever-increasing cost. Cost of labour is a huge challenge. You know We've seen in excess of 10% uh, labour cost increase in the last three years. April the 1st is going to see another 10 or 12%, and that affects every person in the business from one end of the spectrum to the other. Uh, labour availability, which is a different factor to... Uh, cost of labour and cost of employment which is another factor altogether that is about how much time and energy it takes to create a working environment that everybody's happy with that will help support the other factors such as labour availability Uh, all these things are costing or management time and money um, going forward Um, coupled with uh, the overall ever rising cost of inputs from tractors Chemical fertilizer, uh, land—it's um, all escalating. So our commercial aspirations have to keep uh, keep up with that.
0: Yeah, and in fact, we were just walking through your, your machinery uh, shed on the on the way here, and uh, you, were, you were sharing the cost of some of those parts and also the uh, the key uh, the key units. I mean, it's it's staggering cost, isn't it?
1: Uh, it is indeed. I mean, it, it's 10 times what it was 20 years ago. And the the level of intricacy and the uh, the amount of equipment we now need to deliver a sustainable business has also expanded.
0: Yeah, and and also you, you shared, uh, well, you showed us some other machinery where they're very, very bespoke to what you're doing on this particular farm and with this crop, aren't they?
1: Yeah, we spent quite a bit of time developing bulb harvesting machinery that not only is bespoke to growing daffodil bulbs but also um, tailored to the environment of working in West Cornwall Uh, on a hillside with plenty of granite around is not quite the same as operating on a nice flat silt fen field.
0: Uh, Mike just from an agronomic point of view as the agronomist here uh, what are the challenges that you can see going forwards?
2: Well obviously loss of chemistry is is a big one in in our industry isn't it but um, but without doubt the climate is changing we we have these periods of either wet or dry and and lots of these crops go through periods of drought and and how we kind of alleviate the stress i think is probably the you know quite key really at the moment
0: and i know you have a uh, growing operation in scotland what does that add to your overall uh, business in terms of producing the cut flower and bulbs
1: it's about diversity of supply, you know, one of our key dates inside the the commercial calendar is Easter. Obviously, Easter changes yearly. Um, Cornwall will produce daffodils from the beginning of the season until the last, so it's actually the, the part of the country where uh, there's the widest daffodil harvest, but being in another part of the country, Scotland and Lincolnshire, gives us some diversity uh, against adverse weather conditions you've just raised, uh, and it also means that um, we can grow uh, a higher percentage of late daffodils in Scotland to, to complement or supplement what we have in, have in Cornwall.
0: And you know, as we look up those rows and we can see that's 60 or so pickers really busy picking this year's uh, cut flower crop. How does that make you feel when you put all that work into growing that crop
1: Uh, it's great so you i mean even some of the basics like the fact that we're looking at the uh crop field here actually changing color as people are harvesting it all by hand it's highly labor intensive um and these guys are turning the, the the work and the effort of the rest of us over the last four years uh into revenue and wages for themselves um which is the lifeline to continue
0: And there was something you said just as we drove into the field here, which was that, uh, well, you made a quote that you you look forward to the first day of cutting flowers, but you also look forward to the last, is that
1: right? I always look forward to the first day of the flower harvest, and at some point during that flower harvest, we start looking forward to the last day. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think that's ever going to change.
0: So, so Mike, you look after cereals as well as as, as these uh, daffodil crops. What, What do you get out of looking after this crop?
2: Uh, it's fascinating to have something something different um you know it's such a it's such a key crop for cornwall um so it's unique to us from that point of view so so for you guys to come down and have a look at a field of daffodils and you know we see it every day but i mean it's just a fascinating crop to be involved in the logistics of making it all happen is just yeah it's pretty special
0: and, and to wrap the podcast up you know from your point of view rob uh, With all of your experience, what top tips would you share with those listening today that maybe they could take away and think about and take into their farm business?
1: Uh, Surround yourself with good people. Spend as much time as you can um, getting as much help and doing as much uh, work to try and train people uh, and encourage them to want to be involved in the business because as it expands and becomes more complicated you can't do it all yourself.
0: Well thank you Rob and Mike for sharing your valuable time at what I know is a really busy time of year for you cutting those flowers ready for market and good luck for the rest of the season. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.